This episode of Ham Talk Live is brought to you by Tower Electronics. For connectors, cables, and more, call 920-435-2973 or visit pl-259.com. And by ICOM. Heard it? Worked it? Logged it. Visit www.icomamerica.com slash amateur for more information about ICOM radios. It's Ham Radio. It's time for another episode of Ham Talk Live. It's episode number 290, SOAR, Satellite Optimized Amateur Radio. We're recording this on February 24th, 2022. I'm your host, Neil Rapp, WB9VPG. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Ham Talk Live. Not so live. <laughs> uh, tonight we're joined by Mark Smith, N6MTS. And uh, on the last episode, Jocelyn, KD8VRX, Mark, K3POE, and Peter, N4PVH, were here to talk about the 80th anniversary of the Voice of America's first broadcast special event. So I hope you were able to enjoy that. I was on W8O on 40 meters for a couple of hours. Uh, on the uh, first day of the special event. Uh, so if you missed that show, you can listen anytime at hamtalklive.com or on your favorite podcast app or over on YouTube. And don't forget, uh, Ham Talk Live is rebroadcast over on WTWW Shortwave. They're 5085 on your AM dial. Saturday afternoons at about 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time. So make sure to check us out over on WTWW. All right. Well, I'll be back with Mark right after this word from ICOM America right here on Ham Talk Live. Now is the time to spice up your ham shack with ICOM's new ID52 handheld. Now shipping. This radio is perfect for staying in or venturing out and working your favorite bands this winter season. The ID52A is now shipping. ICOM's newest handheld amateur radio is a VHF-UHF dual bander with D-Star and FM dual mode functions. This radio supports conventional FM communications and D-Star simplex repeater, regional, and worldwide calls over the D-Star internet gateway. The ID52A is the first amateur radio handheld with a full-color 2.3-inch waterfall display and the ability to send photos over D-Star with a connected Android device. Other features include a wideband receiver with a guaranteed range of 144 to 148 and 440 to 450 megahertz, integrated GPS, including grid square location, micro SD card slot, micro USB connector, and IPX7 waterproof. For more information about ICOM radios, go to icomamerica.com slash amateur. The early bird may get the worm, but the second mouse gets the cheese. You're listening to Ham Talk Live with Neil Rapp.
Welcome back to Ham Talk Live. Tonight, Mark Smith in 6 MTS joins us on the Orlando Amateur Radio Club and Hamcation Zoom Line. Mark is the head cheese of Halibut Electronics. And Mark's secret project was recently announced that we'll be talking about tonight. And I, I don't know. Did, did, Mark, does cheese go with halibut? Well, uh, well, I I don't eat either at this point, actually. The, <laughs> but I was figuring either head cheese or big honcho. I couldn't really decide between the two. So, um, okay, we'll go with head cheese for the time being. All right. Okay. Well, there we go. We, we, maybe maybe we throw in a tortilla and we got a fish taco. So, mm, so there we tacos. go. Well, Mark. <laughs> well, Mark, welcome to AM Talk Live. And and I uh, before I even saw this on Twitter. Uh, it came through my email like three times. Oh my <laughs> gosh, you have to go check this out. And, I, you know, I, so I go to it and look at it and then, you know, and then I get on Twitter and then it's like, oh, here it is. <laughs> yep. And so it, there's a lot of excitement about this project. And uh, this project, you, you have given the acronym SOAR. So let's talk a little bit about SOAR. What, what does a SOAR stand for? And what does this neat little gadget do? So SOAR stands for Satellite Optimized Amateur Radio. Uh, it was kind of the working title that I came up with when I came up with the idea of four years ago or so. Uh, and I haven't come up with anything better. So we're rolling with SOAR. Uh, what is it? It is an appliance for working FM satellites. There doesn't really exist anything right now that does all the things that it could do to make working a satellite trivial. And I don't, I don't want to say trivial, but make it uh, take all of the, a lot of the complexities and the automation that isn't really part of, you know, yeah. talking to another amateur radio operator and just kind of automates it and does it all for right. you. Like hold, holding two handhelds while you're pointing the antenna and trying to do it yep. with a tripod and have a headset on and try to record everything. And, yep, and watch wait. and watch all the past predictions all at the same yep, time while you're don't making forget the logging. <laughs> yes, don't forget and logging. logging. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So all those things, and and you can definitely hack together a system that does that, and many people have, and that's kind of the way you do satellites at this point. Is you take the radio and you hook up a, a headset to it and a, a push to talk, either like a, a handheld mic or a, a button on the boom of your antenna or a, a, you know a foot switch or whatever. Um, and then you also route the audio over to a recorder because it's really convenient to record the pass so you can log after the fact. Uh, but then you still have to keep in hand on the tuning knob because Doppler shift is a thing. And, you know, it's just like there or you can bring another device that is a computer or a tablet or something that's controlling your radios. But not if it's an HT. So now you're talking about big radios. You know, it's it's definitely not impossible to do this, but. It seems like the kind of thing where there should be a radio designed with all of these use cases in mind. And there wasn't. There isn't. I haven't been able to find one. And so I decided to make one, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, some of them have a lot of those functions. But like you said, I don't know that any of them have every one of those functions. And 
so this could could make things a whole lot easier. So so how how did this idea come about? You said it was about four years ago. You kind of came up with this. What inspired the idea for this project? Well, I've, I follow a lot of people on Twitter who do satellites, who do FM satellites. Um, and I, I wanted to get into it. And then I started looking into what was the gear I needed. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is such a kludge. Why, like, there should be a device that just does all of this for you. Specifically, the one thing that really seems to be missing is the Doppler compensation automation. And like, you can get a full duplex radio. Full duplex is, a, is one of the other things that you can't get anymore. There are very few radios that, that do cross-band full duplex. You can do it in a mobile rig or in like a, a desktop rig, like I think the ICOM 9700 does it. Um, but there aren't any HTs. There aren't anything lightweight, battery-powered, self-contained uh, that do it. There used to be, and those yep. radios are becoming unobtainium. You know, it's really hard to find a D72 anymore or the old, what was it, the FT530, the old Yesu from the 90s did full duplex. And they just, there isn't really anything that does that anymore. Um, and so I, uh, for the four years ago thing was that I needed to bring, oh, I needed, I was going to Maker Fair up in uh, San Mateo. And uh, I was invited to the bring a hack party afterwards. And I'm like, well, I don't, I don't know. What do I have? And I was thinking about this at the time. And I'm like, all right. I'll hack something together really quickly. And, and I bought a couple of uh, DRA 818 modules. I got a microcontroller off the shelf. I got a small display off the shelf. I laid out a board in an evening, I think, with a little bit of audio routing and some WS2812s because everything's got to have bling uh, and an encoder and, a, you know, <laughs> just like a basic layout of stuff. And I sent it off to, uh, to Osh Park to have it fabbed, got it back, hacked it together, uh, Got it all built and found out that I had all kinds of problems with my layout. That, that's what happens when you lay something out this complex yeah. in an evening <laughs> and don't really get it reviewed. But I had enough to bring a hack to, to the party, and, um, and I took a bunch of notes of what I wanted to do next time, and then it squirreled off of my brain, and I went on to something else. And that little project has been sitting on a shelf for four years. Uh, earlier this year, or excuse me, last year, 2021, uh, my employment situation changed. Let's summarize it thusly. Um, and I uh, needed a break. And so I left the world of IT and planned on just taking some time off and kind of unburning out. Um, and while I was doing that, I was planning on working on some projects. And this was one of the projects that I wanted to work on. And a few weeks into the process, I'm like, I could turn this into a business. This is a thing that people would want. Um, and, and I thought about how much it would cost for me to make it and how much I could probably sell it for. And I'm like, this is, this is a business idea. And then I started thinking about all of the other projects that I do. I'm like, I've got a lot of other ideas that I could turn into products that I think would help people enjoy the hobby. And so I'm doing it. I'm starting it. I've started Halibut Electronics, um, and we're going to see how it goes. All right. Well, uh, Let's get into a little bit of the, the design process. So, you know, you said you, you just put kind of put it together in one night and then, you know, obviously <laughs> you've made a lot of modifications since then. Uh, oh, yeah. so, so tell us a little bit about that process of designing it, laying it out and getting the board, you know, and, and yeah. putting this, this all together. So the, um, I use a, a board layout package called KiCad. Um, it's an open source 
product that's free, um, and it's gotten a lot of very active development. It's in, in really good shape at this point, a really good package. And I've been doing electronics not as a day job, but as a hobby for decades at this point, uh, since the early 90s. And, um, you know, I've, I've built a lot of projects for in onesie twosies quantities, right? You know, like I want a thing. So I would go off and build the thing and I'd make one of them and yay, it's done. It works. And and I move on with life. Uh, I mean, that process is, you know, you think about what the problem is you're trying to solve. You think about what technologies you know about that you already know how to, how to use. And you figure out whether any of those can solve those problems. And if there aren't, you go research some other technologies that you may not already know and learn about them and figure out whether they will solve the problems. And eventually you come up, you know, you, you start thinking about, you're like, okay, I can do this to solve that problem. I can do that to solve this other problem. I don't know whether this will solve that problem, but there's a pretty good chance of it. Let me go build something and test it and see whether it solves that problem. And you just kind of iterate on this. And eventually you have all the pieces and it's just a matter of putting them together and packaging them in a convenient, uh, convenient way. And so that's what I've spent the last uh, five months ish doing uh, for sure is, is um, you know, I, like I, I knew what a lot of the technologies were, but not all of them. And so I had to go learn some new things um, and I'm still learning new things. And, um, you know, it's just a matter of packaging it all together in a way that will actually address the use cases. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about, uh, when you think this might be ready to go. Uh, you know, and I know that that can change in parts and yep. yeah, yeah, all that fun stuff. Oh, yeah. But, but let's talk a little bit about that. And then, uh, then maybe we'll, we'll kind of get into, you know, how it works or at least so far. Sure. Uh, so when will it be available? I, I can't commit to that. My goal is to have the first batch ready to sell at Hamvention. Um, and I don't think I've announced that anywhere. So I think you're getting an exclusive. Oh, My oh wait a minute. Wait a minute. We have to, to pray, play the breaking news music here. So. Okay, there we go. So, breaking news, the, the goal is Hamvention. The goal is to have a batch to bring to Hamvention. <laughs> um, now, I'm not committing to that, but I'm hoping that I'll be, I'll be able to do that. Uh, what I bring to Hamvention will be usable, but early revisions. Um, the people who are going to be buying these the first time around, I'm going to be strongly encouraging them uh, to be the type of people or to learn the skills to be able to flash firmware on their devices. Um, I, I'm pretty confident the hardware will be there. It's the firmware that's going to continue to get new features over time and bug fixes and improvements and all that fun stuff. Um, I, the, yeah, anyway, we're, uh, it's, I'm hoping to have it by Hamvention. Uh, later in the year, I'll be doing more and iterating on, you know, fixing little bugs and get, improving the firmware and selling more as I'm able to manufacture them. The first batch I'm going to manufacture myself, um, but I'm, you know, if this goes as well as I hope it will, then I'm going to quickly outstrip my ability to manufacture these things and I'll find a fabrication house to, to do all the final assembly as well as the board assembly. 
Okay, so so give us kind of an idea of, of how it goes. And, and this is radio, not not video, so uh, we, we can't see uh, <laughs> a whole lot. If you looked on social media, you saw the, the one little snapshot picture of, you know, and you saw the, the dual frequency display and the little target there uh, for, you know, seeing where the, the satellite is. Uh, so just kind of walk us through what what's the process of, of make, going through and making a contact with this thing? Yeah. So the, the hardware is relatively small. It's about four inches by five inches by about one inch tall, a little over one inch tall. So it's relatively small and lightweight. Uh, this version does not have batteries in it. So you will need to provide your own DC power. Uh, it's got a switching power supply on it. So anywhere between seven and 40 volt input will be fine, right? So, you know, any of your quote unquote 12 volt batteries or 13.8 volt batteries will do just fine. Um, but otherwise, the radio is internal. Both the VHF and UHF radios are completely internal. The uh, All the controls and the, the microcontroller is in there. Um, it has a USB port, so you connect it to your computer. And when you connect, uh, or, or, like once, well, periodically, you, you download the TLE data. So TLE, uh, in, in, for listeners who may not know, stands for two-line elements. It, it describes the orbit of a satellite. And so if you know the TLE data, if you know the numbers that are in the two-line element, and you know where you are on the planet, and you know what time it is, what day and time it is, with all of that information, you can calculate exactly where the satellite is and where it is relative to you. All of that is in SOAR. So SOAR has a built-in GPS, so it knows where it is and what time it is. It has built-in flash storage uh, that you can access over USB. So you download the most recent TLE data off of Celestrack uh, or NORAD or wherever you get it, and you copy it onto the internal storage over USB, and now it knows where the satellites are. Um, and then it can do all of the past prediction for you. So once you have all of that data loaded onto SOAR, um, from there, there are three main modes. I'll, I'll talk about four modes uh, called views uh, in SOAR. The first view is just standard HD. So it operates just like a normal radio. You can key up the repeaters with standard offsets and CTCSS tones and all that fun stuff, right? So it's got to operate as a normal radio as well. So it's got that in there. That's one of the views. Uh, the second view is called pass prediction. And this is the view where it operates like the app on your phone that tells you, you know, here are all the satellites. It knows where it is, what time it is. You can program in a different location and a different time if you want to say, what are the satellite passes going to be when I'm on vacation a thousand miles away in two weeks? So, you know, you can do that sort of thing. But it does all the standard pass prediction stuff. And then there's the pass operation view. And that is where you've selected the satellite uh, it knows where it is and when it is, and it can do all of the Doppler compensation for the satellite pass automatically. So you don't have to control the frequency of the radio. Um, and it also calculates the azimuth and elevation of where the satellite is at any given time. And it displays that on the screen. Since it also knows when it comes up over the horizon and when it goes down uh, uh, past the horizon, it automatically opens up the squelch when uh, at AOS acquisition of signal when it comes up over the horizon and closes down the squelch when it goes down below the horizon. It's also got a whole lot of internal storage. So it will record the audio 
of the pass. It records the downlink and the uplink separately. So it comes out as a stereo dot wave file that's on the internal storage. Um, and w- there are two things you can do with that. And I'll talk about the first one in a second. But the other thing you can do with it is that when you hook it up to your computer over USB, you can copy those files off onto your computer and then encode them as MP3 or FLAC or whatever you want to do with them with the uh, files once you get there. Uh, but the first thing you can do with those files is the fourth view, which is pass playback. So the um, once you've done a pass and you've recorded it, it records all the audio for that pass. It also records what you know the um, what the TLE data was at the time and the timestamps and all of that. And with that, it's able to play back the pass, and so you can listen to the audio from the pass and see on the screen what was on the screen at the time the pass happened. Nice. Uh, and so that should help with, um, uh, you know, logging or, or brag oh, rights yeah. or whatever you want to do with that. Yeah. My, my, my experience on satellites is mostly, okay, I've got the mobile rig. I, I stick the antenna out the, the sunroof I throw my iPhone in, in record mode and lay it there next to the speaker and, yep. you know, adjust the, the, the frequency every once in a while. But every time I start a recording, it's like, okay, I'm on AO91. It's 1632 <laughs> Zulu and I'm sitting in the Walmart parking lot in Florence, Kentucky. And, you know, and, and I, so I'm talking to myself. So already it's getting weird. <laughs> And then, you know, and then you, you turn the squelch down and you hear squelch for like 10 minutes. And then yeah. all of a sudden the pass shows up and you get it and you, and then you probably forget to stop the recording. And so you hear, you know, listening to talk radio while you're driving down the road. Uh, and then, you know, if you finally lucky, remember you to turn to it off. It. If, yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah you're, if, you're, if you're not lucky, you forgot to start the recording. Start it. Exactly. Exactly. And, and then, you know, and then so I come home and I play it back and I sit here on TQSL and punch everything in and log it. Yep. And, and it's like, you know, there's got to be an easier way to do this. <laughs> that's that's exactly what led to SOAR, that thought process of, yeah. boy, what's with all of these cables and the audio routing and the recording and the, you know, and then, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, as soon as you said it will automatically open the squelch up for you, you know, when when you get to a certain point, I'm like, ooh, that would be nice. Right. It's the simple, like that is literally two lines of code, one to turn it on, one to turn it off. But that's one of those features that people are like, oh, my gosh, why, you know, why does nothing else do this? Yeah, Yeah, yeah. That, that that could get me out of a lot of trouble with the XYL on vacations. You know, <laughs> it's always it's always when the squelch is open that's you know, turn that thing down. You know, yeah, and, oh, yeah. you know yep. when there's voices on there, yeah, okay, it's not so bad. But like when, when it's just full squelch, it's like, how do you stand that? Yeah. Well, White I'm a ham radio operator. <laughs> <laughs> my ears are. Uh, uh, damaged let's go with uh yeah <laughs> anyway well this, this just you know sounds like a really really cool project and uh 
Um, we're going to talk about it some more and we're, we're going to take a couple of questions that we uh, got ahead of time, but right now we're going to, uh, stop and take a break and we'll be back uh, with Mark right after this word from tower electronics right here on ham talk live. Jerry, what's up, man? I haven't seen you at Sunbucks in a while. I used to see you every morning getting coffee. What's up? Well, I can't afford Sunbucks five days a week anymore. I had to spend my money on PL259s. You know, those antenna projects I've been meaning to do. I had to do them before my HOA finds out I have antennas. That's too bad, Jerry. I miss seeing you and catching up over coffee. You should get your PL259s from Tower Electronics. They have great stuff. Jerry, you're back. Oh, QRM Heterodyne Frappuccino. That's a good choice. How's it going? Did you get all those antennas up before the HOA police showed up? Yeah, I got them all done. Thanks for telling me about Tower Electronics. Now I can have my coffee. I just saved a bunch of money on my PL259s by switching to Tower Electronics. Don't get caught without PL259s. Visit Tower Electronics online at pl-259.com or at a ham fest near you. Or give them a call at 920-435-2973. And be sure to pick up some power poles, adapters, and cables, too. Coming up on the... Hamfest calendar for Tower Electronics, March 5th. They'll be in Cave City, Kentucky, or you can visit them anytime at pl-259.com. Oh, yeah. You're talking ham radio, baby. You're listening to Ham Talk Live with Neil Rapp. Welcome back to Ham Talk Live, or Ham Talk Not So Live as it is these days. Hey, be sure to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and uh, we're we're making an effort to to get the topics out there a little sooner in the week, uh, since we're not doing the show live and the call-in stuff anymore, so you can uh, send your questions in on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, so make sure you take a look at that and, and do that, and at hamtalklive.com you can see the shows that are coming up so if there's one that you want to ask a question uh, please feel free to do that we'd we'd love to have those and uh, we will go to uh, one of those here in just a second but right now it's time for the n9gsu ham radio joke of the week now it's time for the Ham Talk Live Ham Radio Joke of the Week, the part of the show where Rick tells us a ham radio joke. The Ham Talk Live Ham Radio Joke of the Week is brought to you by QRM Labs. Now, here's Rick Garrett in 9GSU with today's Ham Talk Live Joke of the Week. I decided I wanted to do some winter poda activations, so I went to the outdoor store to buy some long johns. The clerk asked me how long I wanted them, and I said, well, probably November through March. This has been the Ham Talk Live Ham Radio Joke of the Week with Rick Garrett in 9GSU. Tune in again next week for another joke from Rick.
All right. So, all right, Mark, let, let's, let's, let's change gears here. Uh, let's talk a little bit about FM satellites for a minute because, um, you know, we've had some, some satellites that haven't exactly worked out, you know, the way everybody hoped. And, and so, you know, there, there's some beacons and some stuff out there, but, uh, as far as functioning FM satellites that you can access with a handheld and talk through, it, it's kind of limited. Uh, and, you know, the, some of them are having some issues with batteries and that kind of thing. So are, are you concerned about that with your, your product coming out? Um, n- n- no, uh, is the short answer. I mean, it, it's really AmpSat is always putting up more satellites. I mean, not as fast as we would like. And, and some of them are, you know, little CubeSats that are only going to be up there for a few years and then they'll, uh, They'll come back to Earth the the hot and exciting way, um, but I don't think we'll ever not have FM satellites. Um, and to to say that um, SOAR is only an FM radio is technically true, but remember that there are other modes that can be encoded on top of um, FM. For example, packet. You know, packet radio is, uh, the, is AFSK, audio frequency shift key modulated, meaning it's an audio signal that is sent over an FM radio. So there are uh, packet transponders or uh, APRS transponders that are on satellites. The I think ISS may be the only one, but that's the one that I know of. Uh, there's also SSTV, slow scan television, which is, again, an audio signal put on top of FM. Uh, so there's more than just the FM repeaters in orbit that SOAR will work natively with. Now, here's more speculation that I cannot commit to. <laughs> I am doing everything in my power to make the audio frequency response of SOAR as wide and flat as possible in the hopes that we might be able to use it to do some GMFSK modulation. Um, for example, M17 is a digital, a free and open digital audio codec that's coming up. It's kind of like DMR or F- System Fusion or DSTAR, uh, but all of those are patent encumbered and uh, belong to a particular uh, manufacturer. Well, DSTAR technically is an open standard, but it still uses the AMBI codec. Um, and so M17 was a project that was started by a bunch of amateurs, uh, mostly in Europe, I think, although it's a lot of people have taken it up in the U.S. as well, to come up with a free and open source, non-patent encumbered, hackable, playable protocol. And underneath the hood, it uses GMFSK encoding. And this is kind of like 9600 baud packet. 1200 baud packet you can do through any old radio, but 9600 baud packet you need to have a special connection to the radio. Um, one that doesn't do preemphasis and doesn't have the frequency filtering, the audio bandpass frequency filtering that FM normally puts on a radio. Um, and so I'm hoping, I haven't tested this yet, that the FM modules that I'm using when I turn off all the filters that they have in software, and as long as I'm not additionally filtering anything, that I will have enough bandwidth 
to the FM modulator in this module that will be able to do any constant amplitude modulation like GMFSK uh, or any of the other FSK modes. We will not be able to do single sideband. We will not be able to do CW. We will not be able to do PSK because all of those are not constant amplitude. Um, but the other constant amplitude digital modulations like FD8 or uh, what is it? Uh, MST14 or 144. Can't remember exactly what the acronym is on those. These are a lot of encoding techniques that might be possible with SOAR. And I'm doing everything I can to not rule it out on my hardware, but there are some potential limitations in the RF modules that we have to live with. Okay. Well, Sounds yeah. sounds like you're trying to put everything in here. Well, let's get to a question here from a listener um, on Twitter. Uh, Chris, W6YBW, wants to know, is this a full SDR radio or is it an external controller to use with separate radios? So we've kind of talked about that, but why don't you elaborate a little more on that? Sure. Um, it. Thank you for the question, Chris. It is neither... Technically, um, it's more the first than the second, though. It is not an SDR. It is not. Uh, I do not have arbitrary control over the waveform, like I was just mentioning. I can send audio into an FM modulated radio. Having said that, the radio modules are part of SOAR. They are built into SOAR. This is not just a controller for another radio. Um, so you don't have to provide another radio for it. Uh, but at the same time, I don't have full SDR control over it. However, it will have, uh, not at launch, but these are features that I intend to add. Remember earlier when I said I want people to be able to update firmware? <laughs> this is one yeah. of those things that you're going to get with right. updated firmware. Um, it's going to be connected to a USB, or if you connect it to your computer over a USB port, it will show up as a sound card. And... The FM audio you get to and from the radio will be available on that sound card. So it's a lot like the modern um, HF rigs, you know, the the ICOM 7300 or the 9700, which is a VHF UHF radio, where the audio can come in and out of your computer, but it is still FM under the hood. It is not sideband or arbitrary INQ waveforms or anything like that. All right. Very good. Well, yeah. you know, this is, this is just kind of the, the beginning of this. There, there's a little more to it. So, so fill us in on, on a little more of the, the depth here into SOAR. Sure. So when most people work FM satellites or a lot of people, they use a handheld antenna. And so one of the challenges, you know, and I say challenge in the, it can be fun sort of way as well is to know where to point it. And that's one of the reasons why you're looking at your satellite tracker app on your phone uh, is to know where to point your antenna. And then, of course, once you get it close enough, you can kind of hear the signal strength change as you're moving the antenna around and you rotate it to match the phase or the polarization, excuse me, uh, and fun things like that. But SOAR calculates the azimuth and elevation data. If you or I, as the case may be, and I'm planning on doing this, make a tiny microcontroller that can mount to the boom of the antenna that has an accelerometer so it knows which way down is, 
and a magnetometer so it knows which way north is and a serial connection back to SOAR so it knows what the azimuth and elevation is for the satellite and then put a little tiny display or not a tiny display, but put a display on this microcontroller with a sky map in it or like a targeting computer and so or a targeting display. So I'm calling this the targeting computer and it's going to be another product that I'm going to sell. I'm going to make develop and make and sell after uh, SOAR gets out there. It will help you point the antenna or know where to point the antenna using an accelerometer and a magnetometer and the azimuth and elevation data from SOAR. Well, so that's uh, the, the accessory. And it, wow, yes. what an accessory. <laughs> so yeah. You can, you can just tell where to point the thing and, and you're good to go. Yep. So like I said earlier, it's a matter of thinking about what the problems are, what the challenges are. What technologies do you have in your toolbox that you could use to address those problems and then figuring out how to package it? I know how to talk to a display. I know how to talk to SOAR. I know, uh, I don't, I know it's possible. I've never done used a magnetometer and accelerometer, but I know that technology is out there and I could go learn it. You put all of that together, you do a little bit of vector math and you can display on a screen mounted to the boom of the antenna. You know, move it up a little bit, move it to the right. The thing's moving through the sky, move, you know, it, and it just kind of helps tell you where you should be pointed at any given time. Yeah, that's, that's just a really cool idea. Well, uh, anything else that you want to you want to talk about this before we, we kind of venture off into maybe some other things that are coming up? Uh, no, but if anyone's got any more questions about SOAR or what it does, hit me up on Twitter. Um, and I've also got a groups.io group that I've started recently. The subscription box for that is, uh, on my website and we'll provide all of those links, I assume in the show notes and maybe at the, at the end here. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. So, 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 you know, this was the, the secret squirrel project. So are, are there other secret squirrel projects coming up? Um, I, yes, uh, lots, but the, um, the one that I'm talking about already is, uh, at QSO Today Ham Expo in August of 2021, the fall of 2021 QSA, uh, QSO Today Ham Expo. I gave a presentation about measured, completely unrelated to SOAR. Sorry, let's, let's, let's break here. Uh, I gave a presentation there about measuring common mode current chokes or what, people will often refer to as a one-to-one ballon or a line isolator. These are all kind of the same thing. Um, and there's lots of literature about how to, uh, how to design them and how to make them, but I didn't find any literature about how to measure them. Or there, there was some, but not a lot. And it was, it was um, anyway, I, the presentation I gave was, let's go build a rig use this snazzy device that everyone's got in their pocket now called a nano VNA. And there's one piece of test rig that you need to build to be able to use a nano VNA to measure how effective a common mode current choke is. And so I described that pro- that, that test rig um, in this presentation. And then I measured a bunch of different common mode current chokes or balance and presented the data and showed how to use those measurements to design your own to meet the requirements. Uh, or you can just trust my data and use the designs that I showed. 
Um, but I had a lot of people cool. asking me after the presentation, where can I buy that test rig? And I'm like, I, I don't, I, you know, this was back in August before I, um, before I started Halibut Electronics. I'm like, I'm not in the business of selling these things. Well, guess what? I am in that business now. <laughs> uh, and so I, um, so I designed a kit uh, that is that test rig. And it's got a couple of SMA ports out to the VNA. And then it's got SMA, BNC, PL259, and N connectors on the other side. So you can hook up just about any kind of RF cable to it. And, um, and it will put the signals in the right place to be able to measure your common mode current chokes. Uh, so that's actually probably the first product that Halibut Electronics is going to sell just because it's so much simpler than SOAR. And I'm going to use that as kind of my Hello World product to get a online shopping cart up and running and get all the bugs figured out uh, before trying to do the same thing with SOAR. Uh, so that's, that's one that's got coming up. Um, I've talked on the Ham Radio Workbench about this kind of contesting audio console where when I do field day, uh, the club I do it with, we usually have one person operating the radio and another person logging the conversation. Um, and so you got two, two people wearing headsets and they both want to be able to hear it, but they also want to be able to talk to each other. But only one of them audio should go to the radio. And so I kind of designed this like three oh, input, you're reading three my output. mind mixer console exactly right yeah like how many people have looked at this and gone why doesn't this thing exist well guess what i've already yeah. built one of these things wow um, and i built this okay i'm years sold ago. i built one of them just like i said right like i described i built one for my use and as i describe it to other people they're like that's really cool i want one of those i'm like well guess what i'm in the business to sell that kind of thing now so that is going to be a product that i will um uh, start putting together and selling hopefully later this year, maybe early next year. We'll see how, how much of my time SOAR takes up. Um, but, you know, those kinds of projects. I've thought that so for so long. It's like, yeah. if there were only a way, and, and, and there you go, you, you read my mind. So I, 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 I'm sold on that one. So you put me down for the first order. Uh, Sounds good. <laughs> All right. Well, well, Mark, thank you so much for being here. Let's, let's make sure everybody knows, uh, where to find you, uh, on the web and on Twitter and, and all that stuff. And, uh, and, and maybe even, at, uh, well, I don't know if you've reserved anything for Hamvention yet, but, but what, whatever you got uh, out there, uh, yeah. go ahead and fire it out there and, and I'll, uh, get it in the notes as well. As well as we will put a link to, the announcement of SOAR, that the video that you had on YouTube, we'll put a link to that too. So if you want to see some things and uh, get a little bit more on it, you can you can watch that. But but tell everybody where Sounds to find good. you. Yeah, so on Twitter uh, is the the place that I'm most active publicly. Uh, I am at Smitty Halibut. S M I T T Y H A L I B U T. Um, Halibut, like I said, has been my been my brand for several decades uh so i got smitty halibut you know as soon as i could um that is my personal account and there will be more than just ham radio stuff going on there if you're just interested in the ham radio stuff then you probably want to follow halibut elec at h-a-l-i-b-u-t-e-l-e-c um halibut electronics was apparently too many characters for twitter uh so (laughs) halibut elec um 
was is the Twitter handle for Halibut Electronics, and I'll be talking about Sword there. Um, I don't have much of a web page right now. The URL responds, but I don't have any content there. Uh, the website is going to be electronics.halibut.com. Um, but if you are interested in signing up for the groups.io, that's where to go to do it. Uh, the groups.io is halibut-electronics at groups.io. Uh, there's a subscribe box on the webpage, which is electronics.halibut.com. That's pretty okay. much it, I think. All right. And then, then I'm going to be you know, looking for you at Hamvention because, you know, <laughs> we got to uh, yeah, see what, the reason what was, you end up with. The reason I was chuckling about that is I'm – I'm going to go to Hamvention no matter what, even if I've only got a couple of prototypes to show off. Um, right now, I'm trying to coordinate with George Zafiropoulos from um, the Ham Radio Workbench because I want to get a booth as as immediately next to his as possible. Um, and if the Hamvention sure. reservation system is weird because it says everything's reserved already, but nothing is confirmed or very little is confirmed. I'm like, okay, well, how do I, I, I don't understand. So anyway, there's an email thread that needs to happen there, uh, between George and me and the, uh, uh, Dayton club to go figure out exactly how all of that's going to work. Yeah. I just, uh, was through that, the hamcation when, you know, trying to do double duty and can you put us next to this, you know, so. <laughs> So we can yeah, have somebody yeah. watch both at the same time. Yeah. So that'll, that'll be good. And, uh, and we'll have to, uh, harass, uh, uh, Jeremy that lives down the road here and who I still <laughs> have only seen at Hamvention for one minute. Um, yep. but <laughs> we'll have to get that done. Uh, but anyway, uh, Mark, thanks so much for coming on the show, talking about this project. Uh, it sounds very exciting as well as, as your other ones. Um, and I look forward to seeing, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the final product and, and get everything going and, and look forward to seeing you at Hamvention. Yeah, perfect. Thank you so much, Neil, for having me on. This has been, uh, been a lot of fun. All right. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate it. Well, that is a wrap for this edition of Ham Talk Live. Thanks to my guest, Mark Smith in 6MTS and everybody out there in cyberspace for listening tonight and, and some writing in. And uh, invite you all back next time when Tim Duffy, K3LR, will be here to talk about Dayton Contest University 2022, a new chapter. So we're going to talk about some changes that are going to uh, happen with this year's uh, Hamvention version of the Contest University. And for a list of all of our upcoming guests, just go to hamtalklive.com. So for now, this is Neil Rapp, WB9VPG, saying 73. Seven five, and may the good DX be yours. Well, you came right back to my CQ call, the readability five and strength nine. You never once mentioned your weather at all, and I didn't mention mine. We talked and talked. Hours and hours I completely forgot you're a ham I don't know your power Or the height of your tower Frankly, I don't give a damn So 73 To you and your family I'll be seeing you further down the log You're 73 To you and your family I'll be seeing you further down the log 